Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is so much better. This is so much better than Thanks. Right. I have money now. I'm like not that stupid. Still a little bit, but like a little more experience. I'm better looking. I'm fucking 32 and I'm thriving. And I want you to know when you get to this age, you're going to be killing it. And you're finally going to be confident. You're not going to give fuck what anyone says. Your 20s are nothing compared to what you're going to be when you're 30. Hi guys, I'm Belle Benson. Welcome to another episode of Too Tried To Be Crazy on every Thursday with me, your host. Welcome baddies. Today, my special guest is Wheezy. <laughs> I can definitely pronounce that name. I cannot believe you were almost not about to pronounce it right. I was scared to not pronounce that. I don't want to be rude. <laughs> Um, okay, so you guys will know, you guys know Wheezy. First of all, I don't know if many of you know this, but she was once a corporate woman just like me. And she turned into a podcaster and now a superstar. Wheezy is Aww. one half of successful podcasts, Horrible Decisions. That's with a W for Horrible Decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's also the host of her newly debuted TV show, Sex Cells, on so you guys definitely check it out and her podcast will talk and promote it all later and she is also a self-proclaimed sex educator and just an overall badass did I miss anything no thank you it's so funny my friends uh in my intro for sex cells I said that I was like I'm a bad I'm an investor I'm a sex educator today an overall bad bitch they're like an overall bad bitch it's right. sound kind of stupid no, you're an overall that like every bad bitch also has that little percentage that she's a sad bitch. Just overall. I'm a, I'm a sad bitch, but overall I'm a bad bitch. But I have those days. I'm a sad bitch. It's the Pisces in me. Yeah, that's so crazy. They were Pisces because when I, I was watching clips of you with Sophia and clips of you and your co-hosts, you guys just go in and you're so aggressive. And like, I didn't know what energy I would get from you. So then when you were like, I'm a Pisces, I was like, what? See, my co- people bring different things out of you. Like my co-host and I were so alpha and we've been working together for years. And like, we get very testy with each other. We're known for that, right? So it's like, sometimes I'm like, uh, 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 with her and softer with others, which isn't a nice thing to say, but yeah. we just debate in that way. Like, I think people think that we hate each other, but really, we're just really good at fucking getting under each other's skin and getting reactions. And that's what our show has been. Yeah. But I, I guess you just like, I think your personality probably meshed as well because you can like, you know, when to tone it down and you know when to be more aggressive and so yeah. on. But I, like, oh, Sorry. No, you go on. I was going to say, I think the best situation for anybody that's doing work like that is understanding how to be A and B Mike. You know what I mean? Like, are you going to be the person dominating the conversation today or adding to it? And you do fluctuate a lot of times. I think the issue with some other podcasters is sometimes like they're a little too much, but sometimes I have to learn when to chill the fuck out because this is hers and same way. This guy that I was trying to fuck, which by the way, like all my listeners, this when they know it's like, I went so long without having sex. I'm a year. And because like, I don't, I've, and I've talked about my podcast. Obviously, you're, you're going to Instagram me this. But like when you when I want to I told girls like you can either you there's the guys you can just fuck. And then there's the guys if you want to date them, date them. Don't fuck them yet until you have an emotional connection. If you want something serious. And what we said that. So I've done the same thing. So I've gone on dates. But like none of these guys I wanted to. I didn't see myself wanting to like date them or whatever. So then I wasn't fucking them, which sucks. I'm so sexual. So now finally, I'm on a roll of like. All right, let's just fucking fuck someone. And then every time I'm really, I'm like, okay, I'm going to fuck this person. Then it just like doesn't work out. And I'm just like, what is happening? Do you have sex with women? Um, I feel like I'm never taking it like that far with a woman. I feel like when I'm in a mood where men are terrible and I can't be with them anymore, I'm just like, oh, I'll just go back to girls. Well, I just found out about being a pillow princess. Like, I didn't know there was a thing. Are like, you one? Apparently. Now I'm finding out that I must be. <laughs> Because I'd rather do that, yeah. Oh, no. 
No. Are you really? That just means you take it. I know. I love that. You don't fuck them back a little? I just never got you to. You can take it and be a giver. Yeah. I just, I don't know how to go down a girl. And like, I like this. I feel like the reason I never took it further, because I'm just like, why would I want to disappoint oh, I, this I person? Men. Oh, no. I suck dick when I like someone. I'm talking about with women. A pillow princess is like, that's how I would then go with a woman. Got it. Got like, it. I, I I, the pillow princess term, I thought you meant with men too. No. With, with girls, um, it's interesting. Like, I used to want to fuck a lot of straight girls because it was like exciting for me that I was there first. And now I'm just like, I don't really have time. Do you eat pussy or no? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. I like to scissor though. That's my shit. Okay. I feel like none of my gay girlfriends actually like to scissor. They like make fun of it too. I know it's weird, but my, my ex-girlfriend and I scissored all the time to the point where her nickname was scissors on my show. Was it so time consuming? Like how long were you guys scissoring for? Like how long is that? We just t- came quicker that way. We would eat pussy and like we like to scissor. And then when you scissor, were you just eye contact the whole time? Sometimes, sometimes no. Like I even lo- like I I liked. I don't know. Her body was really sexy. So like for me, when I'm like a true bisexual, where I like the manliest guy and the girliest girl, and like I love boobs. I and I like looking at pussy. So like when we would scissor, it was super hot, and I like to be on top and. Um, it's like a lot of making out, a lot of wetness, but really it's just like clit to clit. So it's like, you come so easy. So we just really? knew how to make each other come so fast. I feel like I've talked about this before. My promise that I've gotten so used to vibrators that I don't think I know anymore how to come. Oh, I got to stop Not from vibrators. Them. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't used vibrators in a while. I, I had to do an advertisement for one. So I started using them and then <laughs> I was like, oh shit, like I'm going to, I get dependent. Yeah. And like, it, like burn, not, it didn't burn my clit off, but like it made me not as sensitive. Like I come really fast. Normally. I, it depends. Like I, honestly with lube, I can come so fast, but like, I feel like when I, if I'm on edibles, when I'm high, like I just like, I get so horny and, and I can like literally come for like 20 times, like in a row by myself. I wonder why. <laughs> but like, it's like my favorite thing ever. Like when I get high, like I can just masturbate for hours. And I just forget. I do love masturbating for hours. Like I, I really feel like when people think I, I'm like glowing, I'm like, I just, I've been coming over and over. <laughs> like yesterday I was in a bad mood and I was like really upset about something that I'm going through. And then I like dealt with my emotions. I try to sit with it. And then I was like, you know what make me feel better? Masturbating. <laughs> and I like masturbated for like two hours. What where, kind of vibrator? Which one did I use? I used two different ones. So <laughs> which ones? The two strong and the one that goes in you? Like, what is it? Like, first I tried the, um, I actually like, it's weird, but recently I've been doing all the vibrators I've been using. Even if they were like a dildo vibrator, I won't put it inside of me. Cause I'm like, it's making me feel more excited for when I, like, I put a finger myself, like, although that was kind of hard with my big nails. I never finger myself. I was just tried it for a I second. Definitely have nails, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a sign of like women that are actually gay. Like, if you're trying to figure out if anyone's listening, if like a girl is like a lesbian, if they have nails like yours, never. My ex-girlfriend, like we used to fight about it. I'd be like, what the fuck is like, why are you doing this? But we never, we weren't penetrative lesbians. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I told this guy I wanted to finger his butthole. And then my friend was like, how? I was like, right. You just got to trim one down a little. <laughs> just one. And like, I use this or one. Or there's like finger, finger condom-y type looking things. Like, you know how when like people are doing, are sewing the little thimbles? Oh, yeah. Just get one of those. <laughs> Put it on. Okay, babe, I'm ready. Um, But no, I, I, people get mad at me sometimes on my podcast if suddenly I don't talk about, this is funny because my podcast, a lot of it is very deep stuff. So it's like a lot of research and a lot of heart to heart and deep. And all this information about finding love, loving yourself. And then sometimes I just have these podcasts where I'm just like, I just want to fuck around. I'll talk about like our Mexico, the Mexico trip I took or us right now, like just talking about fucking. And then I'm like, I'm always disappointing some of my listeners, either if it's not deep enough or it's like too fucking around. But like, you guys, you can be both. You can want to sometimes just fuck around and get fingered or masturbate uh, or you can get deep. It's hard when your podcast doesn't have a specific niche where people like expect things out of you. but. I've learned that the core listeners, you know, I, I've been podcasting for a while. Like they like anything from you that feels like it's you. So if there's days that I really can't handle talking about sex because I want to cry, they mm-hmm. love that shit. Yeah. They feel like you're yourself. Like I think that in itself is really helpful when you know, like the best podcasters 
in the world and the ones that make the most money, they're giving somebody something that makes them feeling connected to them, whatever it is. And I think that as long as we can remember to do that, like we will have faithful listeners forever. I love that. Have you had any recent days where you just want to cry? Oh my God, I cry on my show all the time. But Patreon, I have a, so I've been doing horrible for like five years almost. And um, Patreon is our like real hive. I can tell from when we do live shows, we tour a lot and like done a lot of shows where people will come up to us and they can't wait to tell us that they're a patron. And if anyone's listening, doesn't know what it is. It's like a crowdfunding site where people pay for bonus content. And at first we used to do it for like extra money for videos when we didn't have money to, you know, spend on that. But now it's truly this community of people that just know they're contributing and they love to tell me about it. Like I'm a patron. Like Aww. I know it's just $5, but it's me. So they like know the secrets of my life. It feels good. And now our show has really shifted from main episodes being all about kink and what we were supposed to be destigmatizing sex for the black community. And then Patreon is like, yo, let me tell you about this nigga. How you didn't call me? <laughs> and it's great because I don't like exposing myself to a larger audience. It feels yeah. even smaller. Yeah. Even though it's still thousands of people. It's not as big as the other one. <laughs> no, I agree with you. That is like my problem. Like I'm so good at giving advice and I'll be really good at talking about like, this was what happened in my past. But like, it is a struggle for me to sometimes be like, this is what's happening in my life right now. Like even there's been moments where I've been feeling really down and maybe I'm acting different. Then finally I'll get in a solo episode and be like, hey guys, I sunk into like really deep depression the last month. I'm just like snapping out of it. And now let's talk about it. And I wish I could be like as good as that where I'm like, hey guys, right now I'm so fucking depressed. Like I'm in been crying in bed for hours, but let's record this. Like It's not easy. It's not an easy job. I've had people write me. We took a hiatus. We In five years, we never took a break. And we did one time this week, one week this year, because we were really having a hard time together, her and I. People were like, how hard is your fucking job for four hours a, a month? Where I understand you might feel that way. It's like a marriage, bro. Like I have yeah. to talk to this person that I may not be getting along with that week. You know how hard it is to be like, how was the dick you sucked last night when I don't like you right now? Yeah. Like it's it's very difficult. And when you know you're a source of entertainment and we're two things as podcasters, we're like entertainers and we're educators. No matter what you talk about, you're teaching people something and you're making them have a good time. They're listening to you for leisure. And it's fucked up because when you don't feel it, you know, people are depending on you. And it's yeah. fucked. But I think that's also what separates you from a, a good podcaster and someone that's like, it's not your job. You're actually connecting with your audience and your audience, they mean something to you, they're your friends or whatever, versus someone that just looks at it as a job and they're like, hey guys, whatever, this is what happened today. Let me interview the guests. Okay, peace out. Like for people that's a, a real podcaster, like it's a full fucking time job and you care about the content you produce and you care about what you are putting on social media and you care. Yeah. You care about all of it. And I agree with you. Like if I am not, if I'm not feeling it, like I can't fake it. Like, yeah. And it's hard because when I had a nine to five, much like, you know, you can go into work and not give a fuck because it's not yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not your shit. And now my life has changed a little bit, you know, having employees and having to walk in and feel good for them. Like, Ugh, I have one guy that's been working for me longer than everyone else and had to cry in front of him. And I was like, I'm just not doing good right now. Don't tell anybody else. I am not good. He's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's fucked. It's really hard. But I think just humanizing ourselves is really the best part of all of this. Yeah, I know. Every time I'm, I show my, my not like, I'm a boss ass bitch. Suddenly I'm like, guys, I am sad ass bitch like I'm so depressed people always like thank you so much for opening up and I'm like damn I wish I could have why like ah I knew that I knew like I should have just showed that side of me we are fearful and I think everyone and of course most of you may not podcast that listen but we're always so fearful of what someone else will think of when we're vulnerable and it's not easy you know when people are like I don't give a fuck like we all give a fuck that's the biggest lie but when you can get closer to just maybe tuning out, not necessarily not giving a fuck, yeah, but tuning out the people that will weaponize that against you, then that's it. Like I have people all the time. I call myself the emo ho on my show because I cry a lot and people will write me about it. Like, like it's going to make me feel bad. Like, bitch, I posted the episode. Do you think I fucking didn't expect this? Like, no, I did yeah. this because I know there's a hundred more girls that are crying too, but sorry that you're the one bad bitch in the world that don't. I hate when people try to do something against you. Like recently I did some, uh, a podcast and I was 
being interviewed by a 24 year old. So then like when we're talking, I'm just like, yeah, like I'm 30 and blah, blah. And like, I'll just say that sometimes if someone's really young, because I don't see the point to say 32, because I'm like 30 is already so much of an age gap. You said you're lying. So this one girl was going on every social from Twitter to every YouTube channel that we posted this on to Instagram being like, why are you lying? Huh? Why are you lying? We only are 32. Wow. I would be embarrassed to hang out 24 year old. And I was like, oh, that's what you think is happening. And so suddenly on for a whole week, randomly, like every time in my store, I'd be like, guys, I'm fucking 32 and I'm thriving. And I want you to know when you get to this age, you're going to be killing it. And you're finally going to be confident. You're not going to give fuck what anyone says your 20s are nothing compared Dude, to what you're going to be when you're this 30 is so much better this is so much better than thank 20s. you right i have money now i'm like not that stupid still a little bit but like a little more experience i'm better looking yes i am better looking now that i've ever been in my 20s Isn't i was so crazy? awkward looking i thought we were gonna be i thought the 20s is when you were like hot like and this sounds like i'm trying to toot my own horn but like before I didn't realize how many people wanted to fuck me because I was just like kind of okay. But now I feel so much hotter. And I think that a lot of it comes with acceptance. When I was younger, I wasn't, I was looking at a lot of women like, oh, well, they have this, I don't. Whether like body type stuff, aesthetic things, right? Like, you know, they have these kind of eyes or this kind of hair, this kind of body type. And now I'm like, oh, this is just what I look like. And like, I'm going to make it be the best. Exactly. I love that. But I I feel like I genuinely believe that you don't get there until you hit 30. Something changes your mindset. And yeah, everyone does want to fuck you more because you're so confident. You walk around, you exude this like confidence and everyone wants to be around you. And you don't have that in your 20s. There's something changes. So when someone tries to come to me, but it's weird because people, maybe things, things have changed. And now when you're 30 or you turn 30, you don't, I guess, have seven kids by by this age. But people would be like, wait, you're 32, but you're so hot and young. But you look so hot and young. You look so young. You look young. I'm so confused. I'm like, I am young. Do you think we just dress young? (laughs) I swear to God. The other day when someone told me how young I look, it was a girl that came up to me at Melrose Trading Post. Cute, adorable blonde girl. And she's like, Oh, Weezy, you look so good. Like you look like you look younger than me. I'm 22, but you look great. Like she kept saying that. And I was but like, you look great. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, is it because I'm dressed like Gen Z? Like, is it because I'm wearing one of those baby doll tops? What is it? Brandy and Melville? Like, is that what I look like? No, I don't even know. That's so funny when they do that. You like, you, you look, but you, but you, it's always like those backhanded compliments. It wasn't at one fucking point in the day where I was like, do I look good for my age? Yeah. She's like, I would never wear that at your age, but like, you can so pull it off. Like I would never do that, but like, it looks so good on <laughs> do you. you. remember how we thought 30 was old as fuck? Yeah. Like that to me is even crazier. Like I can't believe I thought 30 was old. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's the one thing. I was literally moving right now because my back. <laughs> like I've been just me shifting my legs yeah. a lot. I'm like, oh, they're falling asleep. Like they're, they're like your your bones crack, but your pussy your pussy's popping too. First of all, that is true. Second of all, I got triple D's and very tiny upper body, so my back just genuinely has been hurting since I was 14. Oh gosh! So it, this has not this has not come with age. It came with my tits. <laughs> so like that's, that's the really difference. Funny. Yeah, so that's when my back always hurts. Plus, I was in a car accident, but still. For your back pain, fuck. Uh, yeah, I got. I have like a disc, disc fracture or disc something that's like I don't know what that is. Something's wrong with your back. <laughs> yeah, something's <laughs> wrong with my back. So I need someone to uh, pull my back. 
or crack it, crack it, or step on you. Ooh, throw my like backpack. <laughs> throw my backpack. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyway, um, how do we get here from like the drugs conversation? I forgot. That's podcast. But yeah. I love, I love the fact that we got to have this segment of talking about like how great it is to be 30. So then girls who are feeling insecure that they're like 27, 28, like they don't even know how much better their life is going to be. And you're so much better at fucking since we were talking about sex. I just had sex with someone that I haven't had sex with in years. He was like, yo, I don't know whose dick you've been sucking, but it is different. And I was like, really? He's like, oh yeah. He said I was way better in bed. But like to the point where he made me think I was bad. He was like, I ain't saying you're bad, but you weren't like this. Like, well, first huh. of all, you must have been fucking other girls who weren't probably as good Practice as you. Practice makes perfect. But also, again, it's the confidence. When you are loving your body, you're suddenly not as insecure about like the way you're moving or whatever. You're just so focused on coming or making the, your partner feel good. And like, you know, you're just, you're feeling so fucking hot. Like, yeah, I'm naked. Like, worship me. Like, love all this. When you're younger, you're like, yeah. oh my God, like, no, don't look at my nipples right now. They're not hard. I know. <laughs> Why do we hate them when they're not hard? I know. Mine are always hard. <laughs> but minor. yeah can't relate i definitely try to like rub them a little bit the only no, thing i always go I like- care a little bit less about is like weight gains and, like i do have a lot of women like write us in about they're like oh like i'm a fat chick and like i feel like this when and i used to think it was bad to say people were fat i like learned that that wasn't true like a lot of fat girls that aren't feeling good about their bodies but the more i interview like big girls and like BBW chicks, like, oh my God, when they're like in their zone about their body and just knowing that they're sexy this way, it's almost like the response from men is different for them than anyone else I've interviewed. Actually, um, the right, well, now I'm saying as like a girl that's not heavy, I'm like, yeah, I can still relate. But like, I can still relate to what they're saying because all my friends are skinnier than me. Like every one of my friends, I'm actually the fattest. From all my friends, because it's LA. So in Los Angeles, I'm a size two and I'm heavy. Yeah. Compared to my friends. You're a size two? Sometimes four, but like I thin the two. I wear an eight. Okay, so maybe I can also wear four. I don't know, because like our body types like, are pretty similar. Yeah, in big ass cities. So I'll squeeze into that stuff because my but waist you is really are, small. I believe it, the waist. Yeah, my waist is really small, but like compared to my friends, I constantly can feel insecure or self-conscious. Do you guys really like that? I don't know what type of guys you're fucking, but maybe it's just not my world. No, but you're right. When I've been with guys who, when they've slept with me, the reaction was different, which kind of like, even in the back of my head, I was like, whoa. Like even this one guy that I was was sleeping with, I knew that I was probably, quote unquote, the fattest girl he's ever been with, which again, I'm not- no, but I knew, I knew the type of girls he's been with and they're always very skinny model girls. And when we fuck, like he would come, he would want to come in two seconds. He would just be like, I just like, I mean, just like your body, like, whoa, like, uh. and I was like, oh, okay. So guys do like this body type. Like it took me a second to process. I mean, it's normal, right? You have childbearing hips when they're wider, like breasts are making men, like we're all a little bit of animals at the end of the day. But I do think like it's unrealistic. Like I don't even think my body or your body is normal. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't right. believe that. You're I think right. that for majority of women, like, no, their stomachs aren't as flat or or whatever. And there's days where mine aren't. But for the most part, like, no, I don't, I don't really think these are normal. I think you're that right. yeah. women are a lot. It, it's weird because we live in a different world, I feel like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when your friends are all size zero or whatever. It's like, it's, it's crazy, but I'm always the fattest from all my friends. I'm going to try to explain that on the podcast. People are like, but V you're so hot, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not even saying in a way that like, Oh, feel bad for me. I'm like, I'm just stating a fact. Like my friends, we live in LA. I'm considered the fattest (laughs) compared to my friends. Like that's crazy. It's weird. I was telling someone recently, like I thought that the Kardashians kind of knocked that out of people's heads. They're really tiny in real life. Yes. I've seen them now. And now I realize like I'm actually heavier than them. Isn't that in real life? Because they make them seem like this big ass, super curvy girl. But like, no, Kim is so short and so petite. Like, I think that when you have a protruding ass, it makes you look a little bit bigger. But really, like butts are hot. I think curvy shit is hot. I think like, no, but you're right. Our bodies, like as much as I'm talking about my body feeling like I'm talking about my feeling comfortable with my own body. It's like, yeah, you're so fucking right. Like my body's not even is not with the normal body type. Right. It's not. 
<laughs> the fact that you I had to, ex- yeah, the fact that I had to accept my body. Well, now my body's in style. It wasn't when I was younger. When I was younger, people were wearing Frankie B's. I've always had a fat ass and big titties. Like I moved to America. I couldn't speak English. And God was like, I feel so sorry for you because you're so awkward. Here are some tits. Yeah. And that's kind of what <laughs> happened. And I just grew, I would walk around school, not speaking English. And I'd be like, hello. <laughs> I, yeah, I cannot speak English. Do black guys want to fuck you? Oh, because of my body type? I feel bad saying, yeah. Why I mean, do you feel bad? Well, because now I know, I feel like people get, now it's like, I don't know what you're allowed to say or not. No, here's the, like, we should have this conversation. Please. Sensitivity surrounding those things is when people are making, um, I would say, remarks as if putting Black people down, right? But Black women have beautiful, super curvy bodies. Generally, Black men, video vixens, people in music videos have super curvy bodies. Like, I never see Black... Well, maybe the Hollywood kind with, like, skinny, like, super thin girls. But for the most part, like, that's the shit Black men like. Like, definitely. Like, any of my Black guy friends, when they started fucking a white girl, I'm like, what does she look like? Because I already know. She's got to have a fat ass. Like, they got to have something that reminds them. But no, I think, like, definitely, like, there's certain type of girls that know, like, they're the Black guy type. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely... Like uh, I'm definitely yeah and I, I mean I've dated like different type of nationalities I've, I've when I first moved to the U.S. I was actually into Asian guys uh, because I didn't grow up with that nationality around so it was like I just thought not to generalize all Asian people but like I just thought like they were like they were just so beautiful to me the girls and the guys that like actually the fir- um my first my first day in school, we had to be in a locker room and I never changed before in school. But in America, you change in sports in the locker room, which is very different. And there was an Asian girl next to me. I think she was Chinese and she was next to me and she was changing. And I just like suddenly was sitting and I looked at her face and I was like, that is the most beautiful human I've ever seen in my life. And people I- fetishize Asians a lot, which is interesting because I think for a lot of people that aren't around, and there's a lot of, um, well, Kazakhstan, you see a lot of like Asian looking yeah. Russians, but what's interesting about it is like, I think that it's very difficult for Asian partners to find people outside of their race. Oh, really? I do. I feel like I've seen, I think, well, I wouldn't say it was uh, fetishized. No no, fetishized. no, 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 no. I'm saying like oh. people do, yeah. but no one's ever dating them. You were saying you were, you were dating a lot of Asians, but that does happen though, where people are like looking at it, but they won't go because they're not sure it's this unknown thing. But I think it is a fact that maybe Tinder gave that black women and Asian men were the most unswiped on apps. That might've been on, really? a, on an HBO documentary about dating apps, actually. Yeah. My sister's, my, my sister's first boyfriend, two years, he was an Asian guy. I also, it wasn't that, it just like, I think sometimes because I was so used to Israeli men. So then I just, uh, or Russian men. So then I was just going the opposite way. But no, with that Asian girl in the locker room, I would look to her and she goes, and I was in the Valley in LA. So it's, it's not, she goes, bitch, what the fuck are you looking at? Oh, no. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm so sorry. I just think you're so beautiful. And like, I just, I like, you're just so pretty. And she's like, like, what? Yo, you a lesbian or something? And I was like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. She goes, don't look at me again. And I'm like, oh, my bad. And then again, I just like, look at her face because she was so pretty. And oh she was gosh. just like, yo, you better stop fucking looking at me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And then I kid you not, that day in the hallway, I was walking during lunch and she was walking with her friends and she pointed at me no. and I'm so innocent and sweet that I waved at her. Because I thought she was pointing like to say hi. And she goes, yo, that's a lesbian I was talking about. And then Aww. everyone in the hallway turns to me and I was just like, oh my God. I remember when everybody ever. thought I was gay in high school. I was, but still. <laughs> okay. I was so embarrassed. Because yeah. like, now kids will never, I don't believe, have to go through that at all. I agree. Like a little bit. I don't want to take from a uh, LGBTQ yeah. person's struggle. But the way that we were, like you definitely got a, more of an ally now if you're in that group. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, I definitely went through that in a locker room in PE, like looking at girls, like kissing girls in the locker room. Like, oh my God, I was such a slut. And not that I'm not anymore, but <laughs> if there was a locker room today, I probably would. Yeah. So I went from like Asian, I dated like Persian men, Middle Eastern, Arabs. And then I also liked, and then yeah, I've dated black guys too, or like mix or whatever. Like I, I used to just really be attracted to foreign guys, basketball players, foreign basketball players. <laughs> Specifically, my type is always tall, dark skin. But when I date white guys, they have to be Euro. Like in Moldova, fucking Latvian, I used to date. Like 
Ugh, I don't know what the fuck I was going through, but like, I just loved raves. I would go to like ultra Europe and sensation. I don't know if anyone's listening knows what that is. It's like, they used to do them in Amsterdam and all over the world. And I just used to want to fuck every white guy with an accent, but I'm from Florida and like down there, it's just very racially tense. And when I moved to New York, I was like, oh, wow. Like you guys actually want to fuck me. Like white guys made me feel so shitty about myself in Florida I don't know why, but I think it's just that when you're in the South, it feels very separated so that you're used to a certain type of looking girl. And like, I just was not what they wanted. And I think also like Latinas were very hot for white guys. And like I was in between because they were like, is she or isn't she? We can't tell. But like now, oh my God, like the Euro guys. <sighs> well, when I was younger, I only dated, I, I well, a, I was always, my dad's brown skin. So I was always not I hate when I say that and then I move into like the guys I'm attracted to. It's just like a scientific thing, usually attracted to whoever, whatever your parents look like. Really? Yeah. It's like normally a thing. So like I like guys with brown hair, brown eyes, and I like men with darker skin. So a lot of times it's either Middle Eastern or they're half black or they're half something. And also the culture, the reason I would date foreign guys is because our cultures would be similar in a way that like I'm foreign and I can finally relate to somebody that's not American. So I just always like dating men that are not American. But when I was younger, like because of my body type, which is so crazy to me now to think about it, because you are so different looking than me. And the fact that in my brain, why I look like a fucking white blonde girl I felt like white guys didn't want to date me because of my body type. I agree. I don't think they did. They didn't? Okay, cool. So we're <laughs> no on the same offense. page. They didn't. But I do think we're in a new era of... Now they love the our... Everyone loves our bodies. For sure. The like, I do remember like the white girlfriends I had growing up. I only hung out with them because like all my friends were black. And it's like, we're hanging out with them. It must mean they weren't accepted. But I do remember they were fucking black guys. And it's funny because now I'm always so like... When white girls are only dating black guys, because I feel like, come on, we get it. You like black guys, but like you don't fuck anyone else. That's funny. Yeah. That shit is weird to me. Black men included that only date white women or vice versa. When it's just like only, it freaks me out. Um, I agree. I have uh, this one guy that I went out with before years ago. He only dates white girls. And I'm kind of like, and but then he always talks about he's very talks talks about like about it was very about BLM and talks about all the struggles and things like that and I'll, sometimes I'll be like okay then then stop dating white girls like like okay then shut the fuck up I feel so bad saying it because he kind of irritated me years ago but like he comes from like also really 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 he's like crazy rich sometimes so he's that's like, definitely um a factor I think that a lot of black men go through of feeling like you have to have a certain type of person because you're in a certain class of you know, whatever it might be, a certain job, a lot of athletes, things like that. But it's funny you said that because one of my friends and I were joking, um, we went to this gay bar together and I was showing him this guy I was fucking and he was like, girl, all that Black Lives Matter talk and you got all lives matter pussy. <laughs> I was like, no, wait. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. You all lives matter pussy. I was like, I am Black Lives Matter, but I do, it, this is very... It is all lives matter pussy. But to be honest with you, it's funny. Like I joke about this on my podcast because my co-host has never been with a white guy. And she's like, you know, you love to fuck white guys. I'm like, bro, ever since Trump got elected, I feel like I can't do it. Oh, that's funny. I never know what team they're on, bro. Like, I don't know. I feel like Europeans are a little safer because they're not as political. But I really can't handle like that. Like the older I get, the more I am about social justice shit. And I'm just like, what if I fall in love with someone? And they're like, you know... He wasn't that bad. Then I'm fucked. Wait, actually, that is so like when I like guys and I, I can't remember if I talked about this on my podcast or if I accidentally removed it. But when I like a guy, I am so love goggles that I don't even notice little things that they say. And there's one guy that I went out with and then it didn't work out with because uh, he couldn't get his dick up literally. And I've talked about that before, whatever. Oh, no. So we, it didn't work out. But like then I started to think of all the things that weren't right about him. Um, cause I, cause I was just like, well, I just wanted to love me cause I was so desperate for love. But then oh. I wrote a list of all the things that are wrong. And then I remember the one day my friends killed me when I finally told them this. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? I wouldn't even tell this to my friends. Cause I thought he was joking. But once we stopped talking, I remember one day he made some joke and was like, um, you know, if you ever piss me off, I have ice in my phone so I can just deport you. And I was like, what? Literally every fucking friend reaction I had that. And I was like, Oh, no, I'm a citizen now. So it's fine. And then I just like blew it over my head. Didn't think anything of it. When we finally stopped talking, I told it to some of my friends are like, bitch, they're like, you're serious. 
you kept you still wanted to have sex with that guy and i was like no he was was a bad joke and i was like i just thought the joke was weird because i'm a citizen now so it's like you can't deport me (laughs) (laughs) that's awful they're like right (laughs) she's still (laughs) i used to call myself a problematic feminist (laughs) because like i'm very feminist but also pay for my meal Oh my God. I'm like that too. Uh, Absolutely. Like fight for my rights, but open the door. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but we're still not getting paid equal. So no, you should still probably pay for my food. Thank you. I had, I said something like that about getting paid equal and this guy was like, 100% you make more money than me. I was like, right. But technically if we were in the same field, would I? Um, The same guy that told me that he would deport me when we had some discussion about like the women pay gap or whatever. And he was just like, yeah, but like the pay gap doesn't exist. And that's after we stopped dating. So now I can actually see him. And I was like, yo, I cannot. I'm like, first of all, you've never, I'm like, you take money from your parents. So you've never had a job. So you don't know what that, so you don't even know what it's like to have a job. And he was like, wow, you don't have to get like that. But like, you know, if we both start an OnlyFans, you'd be making more money than me. So clearly the pay gap doesn't exist. So I was like, so you just told me the only way I can make money is if I sell pictures of my body. <laughs> then I'll make more money I was than just you. going to say, because women are hypersexualized. Right. So that like you just fucking made it even worse. Like that's the only way I can make more money than you. First of all, I already make more money than you. That's it. I listened to someone say uh, that a popular podcast was like, oh, it's so easy to make money talking about sex like for women. And it's like, um, at the end of the day, this is a comedy podcast for one. I'm performing a lot of the time for two and three. Like, no, it's not. There are millions of podcasts. I don't know if people understand this, but if you have more than like 15,000 listens a week, you're in the top 1% most listened to in the world. Not because that's a lot of numbers, but because that's how many there are. So if I weeded myself out of that, who the fuck are you to tell me this, what I'm doing is easy? Okay. First of all, I'm processing right now that a second ago when you were like, went through your whole spiel, you're like, oh, you must be like, super popular whatever and I, that's all i heard i was like oh she thinks i'm super popular and now you just told me that i'm also in like the top one percent because i get more downloads way more downloads of that so i'm just like right keep going so, like i mean super popular because like people are writing you like violet <laughs> i don't even see that like no no it's not to me i'm saying in general it's no, got to the I point you mean people it's it's the it's it's what it is is i it's this feeling of i matter and I need you to know that I matter. So my opinion now matters so much that even you're a stranger on the other side of the world, I need you to know that you've offended me. And it's got to the point that everyone's mindset is, is that way. And it's kind of like, hey, guys, I need you to remember, like, we are different humans for a reason. We're all different. You may like to be vegan. I may not want to be vegan. That's OK. Like, doesn't mean you don't have to Girl, follow me anymore because we have different views on that. Because I'm telling you right now. If I walk into one more fucking restaurant in New York and it says chicken wings with quotation marks, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm leaving. Tell me that it's just soy or fried. Cl- Why are you doing this? I know. I hate when I get something Call and it's like steak. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Just like say something else. I can eat fake chicken. I cannot eat fake cheese. That's like, you're lying to me. Cause they're like, they gave me <laughs> cheese. And I was like, so it's, it's not cheese. They're like, no, it's cheese. I'm like, is it milk, any type of milk cheese? Like it's not. I'm like, so don't lie to me. Don't tell me. I'm I like, could be vegetarian, but I couldn't be vegan because I need cheese. Same. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Cheese does make me gassy and it's actually bad for me. I think I'm allergic. But We all are fucked up with milk (laughs) and stuff, but like, yeah, it's a part of life. No, you're fucked up with milk is because any person that has any type of Jewish anything in them 
is for whatever reason, um, what is that word for it? With lactose intolerant. Yeah, lactose intolerant. Black people too. Maybe it's just oh, really? So you're like double lactose intolerant. No, I think it's just people, bro. Really? Because we be trying to make shit up. <laughs> One of my Puerto Rican friends told me that. She's like, you know, I can't be eating shit like that because like the milk is not good for us over there. We didn't eat like that where I'm from. I'm like, bro, it's everybody. I really think dairy's bad. Oh, so <laughs> you know, think about when you get pimples and they're like, you know, it's from dairy. Like it just fucks all of us up, but it's also worth eating cheese. I will still eat cheese, but not if I know, like I'm going to hang out with someone like I, I'm going to chill. <laughs> I'm not going to be. Like if you're going to get fucked. Yeah. I'm not going to be eating cheese. Should we get a charcuterie plate? <laughs> Pass. Not tonight, babe. <laughs> The prosciutto, maybe. <laughs> Just thought of this clip I saw of Cardi B. This is my ADD talking. I'll never forget it. It wasn't a clip. It was on her live and no one ever saved it because she wasn't popular back then. And Cardi B was eating in this hotel with her long nails and she, she was just getting popular. And she was like, I just love eating meats like this. This one is prosciutto. <laughs> so, oh, I didn't know how to pronounce that for years, by for the way. Sure. Yeah. I didn't used to say car, uh, carpaccio, right? I used to say capriccio. I did not know how to pronounce carpaccio. I didn't know that fuck was it. Word. We're growing, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. Wait, I, what did she call it? Pros- pros- prosecuto. Which is called prosciutto. Prosciutto. But when she said prosecuto, I was like, like, <laughs> a, like a lawyer. <laughs> She's like, that's a prosecutor. That's so funny. I do have a friend of mine who got married to a ball player and like they're from the South. Um, very, very Southern. And he's multimillionaire now. And I went to their house in Florida, huge fucking mansion they live in. And they had a chef there. And she was like, what do you want to eat? Tell him. She's like, because I know you like all that fancy shit, girl. You know, we get money. So like, try whatever you want. And I was like, uh, like, I just wanted to eat like steak. Right. So I was like, well, maybe like if you want to eat like really good cuts of steak, maybe we can have him get like Wagyu beef. And she was like, what kind of steak is that? I was like, it's a different kind of cow. She's like, I didn't even know. I just thought it was black and white. <laughs> and she so they called me literally a few days ago. She's like, I just wanted to let you know after you taught me Wagyu. She's like, now we got a special cow that we raising in Japan. We bought our own cow and they're going to ship it over to the States. She was like, that's how rich I want to be. I wow. can't say it, but I can buy the fucking cow. And honestly, I really believe we all have this taste in us. We just don't have enough money yet, bro. I agree because I love that style. Right? I love that. Like, she was like, I can't even pronounce it, but I bought the cow and we're shipping it. Dude, they have a fucking farm of Wagyu cows now in Japan. That's how rich they are. Okay, I didn't even understand that that was a different breed. Like I saw, I see the name sometimes and I'm just like, why did they nickname these steaks? I believe they're all black. I think so, yeah. I thought it was nicknames like Kobe beef, Wagyu beef. I thought it was like they were nicknaming the... <laughs> I didn't realize. No, you didn't. I swear. <laughs> no. I just recently went to this one restaurant. The okay, like, let me look it up. Is it? Oh, the, it I know it ain't a nickname. I recently went to this re- restaurant. The like, growing up, always heard my rich friends go to. It's called Mistros. I called it Mastros until what? recently. Oh, Mistros. Mastros. And I finally Mastros. No, I was wrong. I, I mispronounced it my whole life. Oh. So I finally went to it for the first time. And I was like, I finally get, I'm finally going to get to eat like the rich people. Like I've always seen them. And I had a Wagyu steak at Mistro's. It wasn't that. It was okay. Yeah, that's right. Here we go. <laughs> Wagyu cow. Oh my God. I did not. Wait, what does a Kobe cow look like? Um, I believe Kobe is just a cut of the Wagyu beef. I could be incorrect. Um, let me check. That's crazy. I'm honestly like, I feel like I'm sounding like a little culinary art here. I'm just like a fucking food hoe. That's really it. Um, when I was, you know, what's so crazy when I was younger and I wasn't rich yet. <laughs> and I have to say it because that's how I manifest it. But when I was younger, I used to want to take food home with me. And then some of my friends who were super bougie, they would be like, ew, no, you don't take food home. That's disgusting. Like, that's gross. That's tacky. That's like poor people thing. And I was just like, damn, I'm going to be hungry later. And I felt so embarrassed. And I listened to her and I wouldn't take food home, even though I eat very little. Now when I'm rich, um, I always take food home at Mistro's. I couldn't finish my food. I said, pack it all to go. They're like, even I'm like, even my friend's foods, because they're not taking it to go pack that to go. I'm going to eat that. But like, that's what I feel like I love. And again, it has to do when you're older and you're more confident then you don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks or says. Cause you know, like, I know I'm rich. I don't need to prove it. Bro, I I'm hungry. love <laughs> now that I'm at a place where I can buy what I want. 
I was so uncomfortable with like not having labels or having to wear the same fucking Louboutins that some dude bought me and I didn't have enough money. Like, nah, I don't give a fuck. I love it. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm ghetto because I'm taking whatever. I Please. My mom said something to me. I feel like I just had this conversation on another podcast, actually. So I hope I'm not repeating it because I hate repeating stories. But it was Mother's Day, 10 course meal. No, maybe seven. But like over the top Mother's Day shit. And I told the lady that the food was so fucking good when she came over, but I was a little tipsy. And the woman was like, how is it? And I was like, oh my God, this shit is so fucking good. Like I'm in awe. Thank you. And my mom was like, don't speak that way. Like it looks tacky. Like da, 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 da. I was like, ma, these people are over here in suits and whatever. Like they don't know who the fuck I am. What the fuck I do. You were sitting here, two black women in the restaurant and I'm young and I have tattoos. You think I give a fuck? I know. The more I've been learning about Wall Street, and finances and how much these people make and knowing how much entertainers make influencers as much as i'm joking about little white blonde girls these tiktokers are making millions so do you think i give a fuck that they heard me say fuck i make this much money so i can fucking talk like that and this is what i want the world is shifting and changing like think about when you're on an airplane and you look about who's like who's next to you or who's in first class and even if you've never sat in first class i think anybody who's been on a plane in the last few years can tell people look different in first class now. That's true. 100% it's true. Like you would have to dress certain ways to go on planes. Like, and you know, especially when you're sitting in the front and now like it's not that way. And, and again, I'm not speaking to someone to think that I'm saying like, oh, this is the way I'm living my life. I've seen it for myself when I wasn't having money. So now that I do, I'm not about to switch it up and try to like throw it in your face. I really think... I was overdoing it with trying to attain a certain thing of what I thought wealth was. The Kardashians probably fucked me up. All those kind of TV shows making me think I need this and that. And it's like, I, I wear labels, but not like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. When you have money, it matters less. When like, when I didn't have money and I got my first job as an accountant, I remember I would save up like, and I wanted to get my first pair of Louboutins. I saved up money for it. And then I waited till like it was on sale um, around December. And then I bought my first pair of Louboutins. And I was like, oh my God, Louboutin. So uncomfortable, but I would wear them around. Then I like tried to save up money so to cute. like Oof. get like a Gucci bag, whatever it was. And I want to wear those labels. Then when you, when you are rich, when you get money, you walk around in sneakers because it doesn't matter anymore. Like you forget what labels you have. Labels don't mean anything anymore. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's night and day. And now when I have money, I bought my mom a $7,000 Chanel bag. I could never buy myself something like that. But the thought of taking my money instead of saving up and spending some of myself to just give it to my mother who like, you know, I love her so much and she sacrificed her life to, to raise me in the US. Like that was everything. Like that is why I make money. That is why I try to, you know, to, to make a living is to, to, to make, to put a smile on my parents' it's face. It's interesting how like when you become a giver, like you get to this point where you start to be able to buy yourself things and then you want to give it to other people. I've learned a lot about parenting that way through my friends, like seeing how selfless they are. Like, I think that's a really great feeling. And I believe that's when, you'll always, the money will always keep flowing. Like you don't get good. You don't have good things happening to you. I believe when you're like a terrible person. And even if they do, I believe they'll be stripped from you soon. And I think that that's a great like attribute to have now that I'm doing better in life. Like, honestly, I I, I was making a lot of money in a nine to five, like a lot to what anyone else would think. Now, I mean, I make more being self-employed, but also I, I see how much more I'm a giver and I see it comes back. It does. And like, even if you read about the secret and all that, money has to flow through you. That's how they say. And like, yeah, money throws flows through you in order for more to come in. But I think if you give it to others and you're thankful for it, and it's always about gratitude. Like, I think there's moments where I act like I'm unhappy with what's coming into my life. And that's me telling the universe that I'm not thankful for everything that came into my lap. And like, you have to be thankful. Okay, baddies, it is time to wrap up this episode with amazing and talented Wheezy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. We had so much fun. Obviously, she has to come back. You guys DM me on Tutar to be crazy on Instagram. Let me know what you thought of this guest. And if you enjoyed the conversation and if you want her to come back. And also, you guys, you know, never forget that age is not what defines you. It's your confidence. It's your attitude. It's everything, how you feel about yourself and how you feel towards life that makes you exactly who you are. 
And I was actually reading the other day that if you're ever feeling down, there is this like laugh therapy that basically it's for people who are depressed or feeling down that your body and your mind cannot tell the difference between fake laugh and real laugh. So if you start to fake laugh in front of the mirror and just go like, <laughs> like that, <laughs> you see, I just, I just actually laughed. I start. So because your body can't tell the difference, your fake laugh will eventually turn into your real laugh. Um, I don't know why I'm just telling you this in this episode, but um, just so if you're ever feeling down or you don't feel good about yourself, just start laughing in front of the mirror. You're like, great. I'm having the worst day and I'm laughing in my ugly ass face. No, <laughs> no, just laugh in front of the mirror and eventually it turns into a real laugh and it will change your day and change your perspective. Don't forget to love yourself. Remember that when you hit 30, that's it. This is who you are. Even actually if you're in your 20s. When you look in the mirror, understand that your body is your first home and it will be your home for the rest of your life. So you need to take really good care of it and you need to be kind to your home. Yeah, your home actually can listen to you. Be kind to yourself, understand your own emotions and also know when you need to shut off social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram and all that stuff. There's so much negativity in this world these days, which is actually something I'm going to talk about on my next solo episode, um, which will be next week. We'll talk about negativity and about manifesting and all those other things. But yeah, don't forget to love yourself. And also don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Please give me a five-star review. If you haven't done so already, I noticed that sometimes you guys all DM me amazing thoughts, how you feel about my podcast, how you feel about my advice, which I appreciate so much. I try to get to all of them, but sometimes you forget to also leave that feedback in a review. It does help me tremendously on my podcast. So I really would appreciate if I saw more reviews happening from you guys. I read all of them and I love you guys so much. And thank you for all the feedback. Don't forget to follow Tutard to be crazy on Instagram. So you never miss an episode. Also my personal Instagram, Viola Benson and my meme account. If you're looking to laugh, daddy issues underscore. And I'll see you again next Thursday, baddies. I'm super excited for that solo episode. Love you. Mwah.